Hi, I'm Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. And welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark, everybody. We appreciate you being part of the show and uh, keeping those emails coming at drdrewafterdark at gmail.com. And, of course, the voice message is 818-253-1693. You guys are too much. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, and don't forget the uh, merchmethod.com slash Tom Segura for the famous T-shirts. It is my privilege to welcome back Kelsey Cook. Kelsey, welcome. Hi. Thank you for uh, having um, me back. You made a bit of an impact last time. Did I? Yeah, yeah, you did. And uh, this email, for instance, reminded me of the impact you made. Kelsey Cook made me question my orgasm. What the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> so something you said rang, uh, rang well, it actually it, it created a little, a little shitstorm. Um, Why? Because um, I think there's no more um, discriminated group than a multi-orgasmic females. They are, and they are actively discriminated against because the women that can't do that call them liars. Uh, okay. And, and then they're angry if you sure, can. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, and others that can will sort of deny it because they don't want to be the object of all that scrutiny. And well, so, I really came in here blind. I didn't know. Just, I just shouted you, you it just, from the top. Well, you of, just spoke your truth. Oh yeah, this I is, guess this was your truth zone, and it just it just rang true to people. So yeah. we'll get into all that. We'll okay. get into all that. Um, how is everything? You're touring right now. You got anything it's to promote? Great. Yeah, I'm touring. Uh, you can go to kelseycook.com for tour dates and tickets. I've got so many shows coming up. Uh, San Francisco, uh, Tacoma Comedy Club for Valentine's Day weekend. I'll be at Dr. Grins and Grand Rapids. Just a bunch coming up. Um, the Marissa Fury Foosball web series is on YouTube. Uh, if you look that up on All Things Comedy's website, and then my podcast is Self Helpless with. Is anybody ever good at the Fist of Furies? At Marissa Fury, no. I mean, no one's um, ever good. We've had a couple comics come on who were okay, uh, but I'm still undefeated, which is. I mean, that's like the point of the show is for nobody to beat me. Do you play play by yourself on one side and you have two good two on the other? I know we've that done that. One. We so we had like the Sklar brothers on. Right. So they came and it was two against one. They were so fun. Um, we've had Taylor Tomlinson and Delaney Fisher come on two against one. Uh, Adam Ray and Brad Williams was two on one. So if your listeners don't know, it's my family and I are like pro football players is very weird it's very weird and it's actually true it's actually true <laughs> not making it up no re- you, like but, it's not cool enough for me to make that shit up i get no points your, for that this was your parents thing it wasn't your thing was it right so they met playing in a professional foosball tournament <laughs> of course they did of course they and, did and, but you're not a professional foosball player so i'm like i'm ranked <laughs> i'm technically like like a world champion it sounds so douchey to say but like you if you play and win at the world championships like that's technically a title you have but like i've played my whole life but where, i don't where, where is the world champion of foosball where is it held so it was in dallas texas mm-hmm. every year for a long time then it moved to lexington kentucky oh yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of the places that you would associate <laughs> with professional foosball. But, it, but actually there's a lot more foosball in the south right yeah mm-hmm. yeah south it's it's very heavy out there um but it's all over it's super fun there's a documentary that's out uh, in the next couple of weeks called Foosballers that I'm in that's it's done so well. I think everybody should check it out. It's really good. Like get it uh, it's at Netflix? It'll be on iTunes and stuff like that, yeah. Foosballers. Yeah. It's not gonna, I'm not enough of a nerd already. <laughs> you got to go um, deep, yeah. So um, let, let's talk a little about uh, the, the orgasm situation. So, okay. So when you were here, you said you had 10 <laughs> orgasms per sexual encounter. Yeah. Is that about right? Mm-hmm. Or were you underestimating, just using a round number? 
Um, well, now that you've said people are going to hate me, I no, 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 no. Like we got, we got to, we got to empower the women sure. that, because I, ser- in all seriousness, in all seriousness, mm-hmm. so many. I we, this has gone forever. We're going to settle this now because okay, right o- now. over okay. the years, I, I love line and stuff. This would go on all the time. I'd been in rooms or lectures and stuff where this would come up, and, okay. and immediately people would start going, "Oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe it." Or then they wouldn't even say it out loud; they'd say it later and stuff. Oh, so, okay. So they just have, yep. So let's talk about how some women are just configured differently. It's just sure. a different experience okay. for some women. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> By the way, I just have to say. So I got a text like three days ago from the producer, being like, "Hey, so um, Dr. Drew wants to have you back on, um, in particular because he wants to hear more about how you can have multiple orgasms." I'm like. <laughs> Okay, well, that's not a text you get every day. This is so fucking weird. Like, well, what? We're going to settle this. We're going to, oh we're going to, this is going to be the last word on this topic. Okay. Okay. I'm we're going to do it. Okay. So okay. I, you're, you put your, gird your loins. Here okay. we go. Um, so when I was growing up, uh, you know, like once I could figure out how to make myself come, mm-hmm. which was kind of a journey, I talked, I think I talked a little bit about it last time. I've definitely talked about it on like the crab feast and the honeydew that, like the one of the first times I tried masturbating, I ended up in the emergency room because I used like a handheld manicure tool as a dildo, and I didn't know I was allergic to latex <gasps> at the time, and <gasps> my uh, vagina swelled shut. Oh my god! And I had to go to the ER. Oh my so god! So I was. What'd you tell your parents? Oh, I had to tell my mom what I actually did, and then I had to tell the doctor what I actually did so that I could get the correct um, immediately. Diagnosis. Career in comedy, right then. Uh, yeah, nothing I mean, could be ever more shameful than this. My relationship Shit. with my mom changed <laughs> forever. Like that's a parent's nightmare. Your fifteen-year-old daughter, or I don't know, maybe sixteen. You think you know them. You think you have an idea of who they are, and uh, then you walk in and you're like, "So, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but I just wanted to know what uh, it was like down there. So I took that manicure tool you use for your nails. Manicure tool. So I'll pull up a picture. It's called the relaxor. <laughs> Of course. And it's shaped like a dick. Like they didn't, they had no, this was going to go inside teenage girls pussies. Like there's no way you see that when you're 15 and not be like, well, I have a hole. So I'm going to see what this does to it. I don't know. Pull a picture. Pull a picture. Yeah. Let me try and find it. Um, Wait, look on the screen. Is it? Oh, there it is. Here, here, up here. The relaxer. There it is. Yeah. So you see that white. Oh, it looks like a vibrator. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So if you don't use like the little head part for buffing your nails that you just use that handle yeah and it it's does, all does, tapered. It, does it kind of vibrate when you yeah it's all tapered okay. that, like, that's going inside sense. you yeah yeah, yeah yeah i get that i get that come on just curious it's yeah. not me it's that that was in my house yeah yeah it could have no, been anybody I, if that was in I, your house I, yeah. <laughs> so but i was blessed with the opportunity to um, and that whole handle is latex yeah it's like a grippy rubber material so that was uh, like the not did it happen right go. away or did it have a what? The reaction immediate or? Oh, uh, yeah. Long? Pretty pretty much right away. I like sat spread Ooh. eagle on my bathroom floor because I could like feel that something was wrong and um, the hole was gone. Oh, my God. It burned? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. It's all oh, how traumatic you. for so a So traumatizing. Girl. So yeah. traumatizing. Like the, the first time you've done any. I hadn't had sex yet. That's the first time I'd really I just, done I'm any. Seriously, yeah, you'd have to do something like comedy to recover from oh, that. Oh, 100%. So, <laughs> well, and I didn't even talk about it on stage for years. And then I started to, and then I ended up in the last couple of years doing the story on This Is Not Happening on Comedy Central. Because like, it, it, where else can you tell that story sure. on TV yeah. besides that show? So anyway, that was a rough start. But then like once I got past that and started to just figure out how to do things just like, you know, with my fingers or whatever, I realized I could make myself come 
over and over and like the only reason I would stop would be because I was tired and or, dehydrated. Or, or was hurting or something. Yeah. Would I just, you ever start hurt? I mean, like maybe like a little sore or something. And, and so there, there's different versions of this. Okay. So some women can have climaxes without a uh, refractory phase. Yeah, but, that's what I feel like but, I have. But some sort of have almost like, almost it's like a continuous yeah. series. Whoops, <laughs> We're throwing fence. <laughs> it, it, it's like where they can have like a hundred. It's just like, it's like every, every contraction almost is like an orgasm. Okay. This, I feel like is, the most, like I'll get to about maybe 20. And then I'm like, I have shit I have to get done today. Right. You know what I mean? Like I have to pull myself together and yeah. get going. And, and is it, uh, is that something that happens with intercourse also? Yeah, I can, yeah. I can do the same thing during the and, so it, and so we talked last time a little about the fact that something like oral sex is a little uncomfortable because it's too... Yeah, it's, you know what, it's fine. It's not, I don't, I don't think I'd call it uncomfortable, but it just doesn't really do for me the same thing as like, uh, just like me using like my own fingers on my clit or like during sex, you know, that sort of a thing. But the feeling of a tongue down there isn't I don't know it just doesn't do as much and that's something also I've, that I've encountered that women, right. women can do this multiple either it feels uncomfortable or weird or un- it just isn't just isn't satisfying in any way yeah, yeah. it's fine I wouldn't I don't think I'd ever call it unpleasant but it's just not as high up on the, not the list real thing. for me yeah exactly uh, and have you shared this with other women growing up Mm-hmm. And do they? They hate me. They hate you. <laughs> my friend, they, they well, my friends you? give me shit. I mean, I've talked about it on um, the self helpless podcast I do with Taylor Tomlinson and Delaney Fisher. We've done episodes on like orgasms and stuff like that. Where Delaney is the type of person that needs. It's like all the stars have to line up for her to come. Yeah. It's like you got to use her body as like a bop it where it's like okay like you know yeah. pull this and lick this and yeah. touch you know that's very common. Yeah. Whereas. I it's so much easier for me it seems like but we always joke about how like I'm allergic to everything on the planet almost to like a disability point where it, I can go to the the hospital at any time by like touching the wrong thing With or eating the wrong thing anaphylaxis yeah so my keep an EpiPen I have an EpiPen here? with me yeah Jeez. so my friends have joked about this is how it balanced out for you yeah. like you get to come all the time because a peanut kills you. Like that's your, you'll never, I'll never You're going to pay eat. a price for this. Is exactly. The like see. it's, uh, it balances out. I'll well, never get to eat. It's their scale of justice in their own head. Mm-hmm. You can't get away with this without something. Yeah. They you have must to. pay for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, some other women I've spoken to there that again, are like this uh, will literally say to me that they'll have an orgasm by sitting on a cold floor. What? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a higher degree of sensitivity than what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't do that. Okay. Well, I mean, so, I guess I've never, so, Who's just sitting fucking bare? I, whatever. Pussy I don't. On why, I don't floor. know. I don't have one, so I don't know. But this. But somebody famous <laughs> said that to me. It's a weird hobby. Somebody, somebody, really? Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, that's the real deal. That where it can just it can go with almost anything. Yeah. Damn. Well, this, but listen, there's some questions here that okay. are along that same line. Here, look this one. Uh, <laughs> ever since I can remember, I've been able to orgasm from doing abdominal exercises. Oh, interesting. Okay. You can't do that, right? I think when I have, like, if I've been working on my abs and my abs are stronger, I feel like my orgasms are more intense. Okay. Uh, also, the orgasm I have from exercising feel equally good, but different than orgasms from sex. I'm wondering why this is. Because it, it's different. Let's be fair. Uh, when I was a gymnast from the time I was really young and was having them as early as five or six years old. Whoa. It wasn't until I had sex later on that I realized it was orgasms the whole time. Interesting. Jesus. That That's very highly orgasmic person, right? 
Yeah. Not not a male. See, I'm not like some freaking. This oh. is something but the, more yeah. intense. But, but we're but we're what we're exploring is okay. Your what was the other woman's name you just mentioned with Taylor Delaney? Lewis? Delaney. Um, it, did I talk to Delaney? No, you talked to Taylor. No, Ta- no Taylor. Yeah, to Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Delaney's sort of more on the average spectrum. That's sort of m- okay. more routine the way women mm-hmm. often are. And this stuff is sort of the small group that never gets to talk because the other women yell them down. So we're, we're <laughs> well, going to here. We're, I am here. It is. Yeah. So here's another one. Okay. I have multiple orgasms and I do like oral sex. Mm. Uh, I have orgasms with no stimulation or nipple stimulation. I have so many it's impossible to count. So this is that version. Okay. When I masturbate, it's usually one big one. I don't enjoy casual sex. I feel safe with long-term relationships. I have scared men away with how much stronger my sex drive is than theirs. It's not all, not all an upside. Convince me otherwise. Interesting. Well, men get scared by female sexuality all the time. Men, men have a fear of that. See, that's so backward to me because I feel like all dudes talk about is like they want a chick who's like super wet all the time and super. They do. As long as okay. it doesn't pass, pass them. Okay. Or doesn't tire them out or make them feel like they have to keep up. Oh, that stamina. Right? It's yeah. It's more about readiness than yeah. coming after you, right? Yeah. A- and I see, and I know, and I know better. They get so weird about female sexuality. It's really like it's a. It's like, what's going to happen? Like, is, yeah. she, is this going to run away from me? And they, they, they fear where it could go. I feel like that's such a misconception, too, that women want you to last for two hours. Like, usually we don't. Like, we want to But come. it's the usually we don't that drives men crazy. Mm. Because sometimes you do. And how do we know which time it is? Yeah, that's a good point. But I, I don't know. Usually I think the idea of what guys think, whatever that time frame is, is a lot longer than what women. Except when you do want that. Yeah, sure. I guess so. <laughs> pretty <laughs> All crazy. Right, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's pretty you're crazy. Right. Yeah. It, and, and if we ask you about it, you somehow get in, ang- violated. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird, right? Yeah, it's tough. See, see how t- cards are stacked mm-hmm, against us mm-hmm, a little bit? That is tough, yeah. But what is the duration that uh, is more optimal? Well, I think for me, since I can come more easily and more quickly like 15 minutes that's 10 a long to time. 20 that, that's a long time mm. yeah i guess so maybe not that, maybe not that long i don't know it's a such a weird time warp when you're having sex maybe yes. 15 minutes does sound super long now that yes. i'm saying it's that it's not super long it's not super long, but, it, but it's longer than you think yeah it's maybe like 10. have you done two minutes in the ring ever that's a good I mean, point that's a good point. Maybe 10, yeah. All right. This is one I'm very interested in because it's titled, Kelsey Cook Made Me Question My Orgasms. <laughs> oh, and it's, God. it's a, this is war and peace. Oh, Jesus. Uh, when I watched Kelsey's episode, I thought, oh, I li- I'm like her because I have no refractory period. There we go. Okay. I can climax immediately after I just have had one. Yeah. That's really what we're talking about here. Yeah. Is there's no refractoriness. Yeah. Uh, but it's not instantaneous. It's, yeah. It, it, there's still a little buildup. Yeah. Just no refractory. Yeah. All right. Um, then I listened to Kate Kennedy's episode. I was relieved thinking I'm like her because she mentioned she will lie in bed all day masturbating, can come many times in one day. But that's She has lots of refractoriness. She would wait in between, just spend the whole day doing it. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, if I had to guess, I would say I've reached over 100 orgasms a day, this young lady. I wake wow. up in the morning in 15 minutes. I can have 15 more orgasms or more when I'm depressed and struggle to get out of bed. It's really out of hand, but other times when I'm feeling more manic, so th- this could be actually mania, and just okay. just this long note maybe about the mania. Ah, uh, so, got you. Okay. Uh, I must have been below what she's going on about stuff. Current, I'm currently in my 20s, and I feel as though I've been past those issues. Thank you. I do get extremely aroused by the idea of being walked in on or watched while masturbating. 
I know this is a lot. I should see a therapist, but I can't afford it. Should <laughs> I try to master class? Am I addicted? Am I just a result of trauma? And will there be hypersexual forever? <sighs> People do get hypersexual after they have been traumatized. They can have, or they get, they, or they can be suppressed, or they can right. go back and forth. They can go between sexual anorexia and hypersexual. Hmm. Sounds like she's sort of spun up. Yeah. Uh, and she has, and she can't stop masturbating and. That is kind of an addiction. It, it again, if you can't control the, if you if you can control it, go ahead and do so. If yeah. you can't, then that's yes, you need to get then some help. There's a problem. With that. Yeah. Yeah, she will masturbate in her car. Blah blah blah. My mental health varies significantly, but regardless of which end of the spectrum I'm on, I'm always. Coming. Oh my gosh. I, I, that's a little bit much for me. Too much. Too long. Too much for yeah, too, too much, much for the man who I, likes I, watching I, a guy swim in the sewer. What? How too is that possible? Me. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much information to be able to meaningfully address here in this environment. Let's I put see. It that way. Okay. It's not not okay. that I couldn't do it. It's just <laughs> is, this isn't the place for him. Okay. Uh, uh, got any voice messages for me? <laughs> I sure do. Okay. Hey, Dr. Drew. It's Kat. Um, I have a question about maybe, uh, well, I don't know if I have an issue with dependency or I have an issue with just not being able to be intimate with people, but I cannot go on dates without drinking. And I don't want to say heavily, but enough to where I'm super loose. And I don't mean loose sexually. I mean, just loose enough to even feel comfortable going okay. on a date. Okay, okay. I have no issues talking to people under any other circumstance at mm. work or I'm in a professional setting or even my friends. I have no issue being social. But when it comes to like this dating expectations, I feel so awful and to the point where I feel like I have to drink. Mm. And I tried doing Sober October <laughs> and didn't drink and went on um, a few dates with this guy. And I literally went into the bathroom and started crying at the thought yeah. of him maybe trying to kiss me. Mm. So I don't be, know if it's uh, traumatized? Like a weird intimacy issue. Maybe I'm, I struggle yeah. with that because yeah. I, I, I think I do have a history of that in the past or if it's maybe I like to drink too much. I have no I idea. I don't think it's the I alcohol. I do drink on a regular basis, um, yeah. maybe like five nights a week. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know what is what. It's hard to tell, but it really sounds like a very specific social phobia of some type. Yeah. It makes me wonder about trauma, like something happened to her. Yeah. Uh, and if indeed that is the case, something did happen to her, then that's got to be treated. But if she hasn't been traumatized and this is just some sort of isolated phobia, medication can really work with this, number one. Really? Mm. Um, expo but exposure therapy is what you use with phobias, right? Yeah. You're smiling. Yeah, I just think this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but but the only way you can do exposure is by doing this, right? Yeah. And so somebody's got to kind of coach her up or be supportive to her, so she feels safe enough doing it. And I don't know what she's feeling when she's with these guys. But any advice? I mean, I'm just picturing like a therapist sitting third wheel at these dates with her, like getting shit faced. Yeah. I feel That'd like be that's a TV show. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard to picture guided exposure therapy and these like very intimate situations. Have you ever, had, you ever seen exposure therapy? You've ever had it? No, I've heard about it, yeah. um, but I have not seen it, or it, had it. It really works. And you're right, there's supposed to be another person there doing yeah. it. But, but I've always felt that certain, certain kinds of social phobias that are very isolated like this, if you develop a skill, an experience, it kind of slows, the, the phobia reduces a little bit. Yeah. So if she could just get out there, I, I always tell people that are anxious about dating, just 
just get out there and just start getting having meals with people just start hanging yeah. and learning about yourself with new people yeah. and just get into the habit of don't let it be romantic don't even worry about where it's going just get oh. in the habit of just spending time with new people and, yeah. and you know for some people it, it gives you an opportunity to sort of see yourself through a new pair of glasses too because you're sometimes yeah. relating to people you wouldn't normally hang out with as yeah. you try to just learn to to hang with people that's a good point mm -hmm. oh any other advice dating advice Fuck. I mean, I'm terrible. I met my husband when I was like 22 and all that Got shit. Married, yeah, exactly. Say. So I'm, I have no, uh, I don't really have great dating advice. I missed all the dating apps and all that stuff. So yeah. I don't know. I'm terrible. But the, the apps and things wouldn't help her. She just wants to, she just needs experience doing it. But I, I mean, and again, medication can really help. Maybe can get her to the point where she can to tolerate a little better rather than drinking. So yeah, maybe she just needs to go out with a few guys that she has zero sexual attraction to like really like knows right out the gate is she does not want to fuck at the end of it just yep. to get those reps in good like good i dig it that's yeah. exactly right it's exactly yeah. what i'm talking about all right next message <laughs> do some dumpster diving hey dr drew this is matt i just have a, a strange question about the male refractory period which i have uh, oddly skipped a couple of times where if i just keep going after having sex i can uh orgasm and ejaculate again just two times not more than that like some of those lucky women but the weirder thing that I wanted to ask you about that's happened, I think, twice in my current relationship is that I have ejaculated without experiencing the feeling of orgasm. Mm. And it's I've had to buy Plan B twice in the last uh, three years because of it. It only happens if I have um, basically pulled myself back from orgasm a number of times, kind of like edged while having sex. Yeah. And then, yeah, I ejaculate and I don't even feel it. Like it doesn't feel like it at all. So just wanted to know about that thing. That can happen. That happens. Like a phantom yeah. cum? It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not phantom because phantom cum really is retrograde ejaculation where it goes up inside and you don't ejaculate any fluid. Oh, Retro sounds <laughs> painful. No, it doesn't really hurt. Oh, okay. But, but this business of having an ejaculate without the feeling, the feeling of orgasm yeah. is kind of a weird disconnect. But when you're messing around where he was, I can see how that can happen. But the ability to have an orgasm one right after the other, that will go away in a few years. Don't you worry, young man. But, <laughs> like, but, Let me tell you, young child. But, but, but there is re he is having refractoriness. He's just having be able to sustain his erection. Uh, you see, he's able to keep yeah. going, but he's actually still refractory. Oh, okay. So... Uh, Man. What did one of my old Loveline guest uh, co-hosts say about this? Like, same boner, different different jizz. So, where's the coffee mug uh, for that? So, Can I get one, please? No, no t-shirts, no t-shirts. I'll kill you guys who come oh up with that. Oh my god! Do we have any videos today? Oh, god. oh yeah, we have one right. that is actually right up of uh, Kelsey's uh, alley. Um, Kelsey, here we go. What the fuck? Is it guys? a foosball? Uh, no. So uh, a little setup on this. So this used to be a, a a cool guy on your mom's house, like from back in the day. Mm. Uh, you know, one thing that happened to this person was that he uh, threw his back out, mm -hmm. and then from that moment on, something very peculiar started happening. Ah, let's see. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Father of two, Dale Decker, suffers from a rare and seemingly incurable condition that leads to him suffering up to 100 unwanted orgasms a day. There's nothing what? pleasurable about it because even though it might physically feel good, the whole time inside your mind, 
you're completely disgusted by what's going on. And depending on where you're at, if you're in public, if you're in front of kids, if you're around strangers, a funeral, I mean, it, it can make a person break real fast. You're I'm cruel, sorry. Kelsey. Come I'm on sorry. now. I know, I know that this is sad for him, but it's also kind of funny. When you're on your knees at your father's funeral, he did it at the funeral. Kid, I did say funeral. And you're saying goodbye to him, and then you have nine orgasms oh. right there, while your whole family is standing behind oh. you. This makes you never want to have another mm. orgasm as long as you live. But you know what? You just keep on coming. Shut up. This is not real. It's real. I promise you it's real. We uh, we had this person. He did not just say you just keep on coming (laughs) with a straight face and a tear in his eye. Come on. This is not real. Dale from Wisconsin in America was enjoying his suburban life in 2012 when he slipped a disc in his back while getting out of a chair, triggering the condition for unknown reasons. They put me in the back of the ambulance to take me to the hospital. And on the way there, I had my first five orgasms. And they've never stopped. Ooh. Oh no! Oh, oh. God! Oh. They happen at oh. all times in any situation. They happen when I'm awake. They happen when I'm asleep. They happen in the shower. So they used to they used to treat difficulty with orgasm, particularly organic organically caused, by slipping a little device into that region of the spine and stimulating it and people would could literally push a button and have an orgasm. Oh my God. Yeah. How much does that cost? I, yeah, I, I yeah. went, I went, I did a show for Discovery Health where we actually went down to South Carolina, saw the surgeon that was putting these things in and talked to some of the patients and stuff and they're very happy with it. They dug it. So do you think um, this could be reversed medically? Uh, possibly. It's but funny it, you say that um, because this person, wait, are you talking about the button? No, no, this guy. So this guy, so, uh, you know, we were so interested with this person. Um, there was an article that came out that this person decided to now transition into being a woman. And in taking the hormones, he had he went from going to 100 orgasms a day to eight. So the estrogen, the estrogen made him have less, less orgasms. That seems so backwards. No, estrogen, you know, it does in the sense that women have less refractoriness. Right. But it makes sense to me from the... The fact that he's a testosterone mm. system, okay, and you're suppressing that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so wow, huh. interesting. And you guys talked to him. Yeah, yeah. He called into uh, your mom's house. I believe it was the episode that we did with Finesse Mitchell. I think we we had a Skype call with him beforehand. Dude. I want to talk. I need to talk to him too. So much laundry. Like that guy needs to be sponsored by Tide. Like <laughs> h- like help him out. Well, I don't think this fluid every time. I don't think this fluid. Really? Because the fluid has to be produced. It takes a while. Your prostate has to generate all that, store it in the seminal vesicles. No, I think it's going to be a lot of ghost ghost orgasms. He seems so sad. I feel like you'd be so happy if you were just like always having that. There's something called persistent uh, female sexual arousal, I think it's called. That's, That's what this is. Uh, mm-hmm. Persistent uh, uh, erotic arousal syndrome. Yeah, or but like the, that? but women get it more commonly. Okay, and, and get, women can get it for several days after. It's the multi-orgasmic women sometimes have these okay. periods where something irritates or stimulates, or they use latex or something. Yeah. And so, <laughs> or you put a manicure tool in so, your vagina. Yeah, yeah. Sounds have you ever had anything like that where there are things sort of tapered on it after your? Uh, like after I come, then like it kind of key like earth. They will describe it like earthquakes going on for a while afterwards. Oh yeah, I mean I guess that's 
I kind of feel like that's what happens if I masturbate or I'm having sex that like that's how the orgasms are that I can just keep tapping into it. Mm -hmm. But do you mean after I have after, a session after and it's just days? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'll have to pay attention to that. That doesn't happen to you. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it, listen, that's again, women are all very, very different one from the other, right? Yeah. And so this is what, this is why I want to dig into this stuff. And right. you, you know, your, your friend is, you know, needs moon lined up and needs careful uh, well, blueprints laid out. Yeah. And she needs toys that are super super powerful whereas you know we we're talking about that for me oral isn't like the best thing for me i also don't really like the intense toys so i just like my husband and i just bought our first sex toys together maybe six months ago which is so weird that, like all these years we were just like flintstone in that shit like just never using anything but i got one of the like vibrating wand things and it's I don't too intense. Yeah. I feel like on the lowest setting, this thing is like for blasting rocks. I'm like, who's using this on their genitals? Like I was like, did I just puree my clit? Like I felt <laughs> it felt like this is for industrial kitchens. It does not feel like it's supposed to be and for it, it, it also makes me crotch. worry that your friend may have desensitized herself with the with the vibration. Yes, that's another reason why I did not buy sex toys for so long is because that wasn't a problem for me. It was like I was able to make myself come all the time. And I knew friends that were using vibrators all the time. And that's that's what they needed from that point out. They had to have that point desensitize yeah. them. Not uncommon. And Do, can you ever get desensitized and then come back from that? Yeah, you can. You have to take a few months off, but sometimes not. See that? Oh, it's like you get one clit. Like one clit, <laughs> one life, man. Like that would make me devastated to fuck that up, you know? So I try. it's just too much for me. Yeah, yeah. Good, good sense. You got good sense. So. I don't know how my how Delaney is using it all the time and hasn't just like sanded her vagina down <laughs> to like a smooth slab of granite, so, like a Barbie a crotch. Barbie, yeah, you Barbie. know, yeah. I don't get it. We're resilient. Let's get back to the show. Uh, next video. Okay, so this next video is from a cool guy mm. uh, that likes to lean really heavy on traditionalism. So uh, tell me, is there something wrong with this guy, Drew, or is he just traditional? And also, uh, Kelsey, is this something that you'd be into? Okay. <laughs> cool. I have a feeling like it's going to be a Women. hard no, but okay. Let's cut to the chase here. Oh, women yikes. should clean up. Not only should women clean up, women should clean up unprompted. And I'm going to tell you why. What in the... F Where do you guys find these videos? <laughs> People send them in. Oh. It's very, very simple. We live in a world where things need to be fair, 50-50, gender equality, blah, blah. I pay for things unprompted. You don't have to ask me to pay for shit. If we go for dinner, I'll get my wallet out, pay at the end. Don't even check the price of the bill. My card always works. Oh, so far, pretty normal dude, right? He's a cool normal dude. Fucking yuck. <laughs> this guy is the worst. Oh. Is, is, I want to snap like a used condom into his open mouth right there like that. <laughs> Look at that perfect open shot. <laughs> I hate him. Unprompted, if you're with me, your life is effectively free. Everywhere you eat, everywhere you go, where you sleep, you ain't paying for shit. You ain't getting in my car and I'm asking you for motherfucking gas money. No, I pay for everything. Instantly, as a man should. So when you walk into a house and you see mess, why is your lazy ass not doing the right thing and start picking and cleaning shit up. If you're sitting there going, that's sexist. Well, it's sexist for me to fucking pay for everything, isn't it, you fucking bimbo? 
He must be. He must be doing a tape for a reality show of some My type. My God! No, no, no. This is coming from his YouTube channel, and let me tell you, Drew, there's a lot of these kinds of videos. What? Yeah. Does he, what's his subscriber count like? Um, that I'm not. I don't remember, but I do know he has a background in Thai. Like, I think he's like a Muay Thai champion. Yeah, what? that. I don't know if Does that overwhelming testosterone yeah. is flooding the system. But. Does some women respond to this? I don't know. Yeah, are well, there comments about this? Well, I mean, don't worry, because uh, he could overcome all your objections. That's a good point. Now, when I say this, girls go, well, I don't like cleaning. No problem. If you don't like cleaning, here, how about this? I'll clean. And when I say I'll clean, I mean I'll hire someone else to clean. Anyway, I'll get the house clean. And you pay for everything. How about that? Oh, no, you can't do that either, can you? Because you're a fucking moron. And you realize wow. that making money is much harder than getting some fucking dishes washed. So women are unable to make a living is his conclusion. Then you're going to realize what real work is. Because to pay for shit is much more difficult than keeping a house generally tidy and being a generally pleasant female to be around. What must, fucking... hap- what must happen to this asshole when he gets, know, goes into a say. professional setting and his, do- his doctor is a, a woman or his attorney is a woman? How does he respond to that? How does this ha- like how does this thing I, become I, this? Thing? I wonder if there's a cultural thing if he grew up somewhere where there was a different, totally different than we're accustomed to. It's interesting you say that. In one of his videos, it looks like uh, he has an accent when he says some words. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. Yeah, um, I think he might be UK or maybe Australian. Um, but, I think but, he grew but, up over there. But yeah, somewhere where there was a UK presence. I don't know, but it was not. Uh... Does he have a girlfriend? <laughs> Nope, I think he's single. If uh, you know, if anyone out there is looking, Kelsey's hook up. looking. Kelsey's in. <laughs> you guys know my open situation. I'm getting on a plane. All right. So, what do we tell the women that that take issue with uh, what? Like when you said the other day, you had ten orgasms. It, it was immediately like she's lying. She's lying. And, but like, why would I lie about? I don't know. That's it's such a random thing to say, right? Yeah. It, why would you? I. I don't know. I don't think that there's any like I think it's a great thing. I'm very grateful that I'm able to do that. But that's just like one tiny facet of life. Again, the food allergies like I can't eat a Reese's peanut butter cup. You know, the joy that that brings people every day. I don't get that. So like, let me have my fucking orgasm. You know, Like, what's the problem? Man? Do you do you now we were talking about women that are more sensitive. Do you question that? Does that seem like an untruth to you? So it seems like that yeah, could be that too. Why not? I just I would never accuse somebody of lying about that because everybody's bodies are so different. Well, women, <laughs> men pretty <laughs> much, pretty much just, just straight across the board. Yeah, pretty much exactly. all the same. Pretty much except for the guy who's coming. Yeah, and assholes like this too. They're, they're yeah, different point. attitudes, but they operate kind of the same. And good point. Men, women are all over the place. What I find bizarre is that women don't sort of share that or seem to know that about each other. Well, I also, I mean, so I'm like comic for a living I feel like I'm pretty open and I am around people who are also very open so to me that's not uncommon to be talking about if but, I'm able to orgasm a lot versus if a friend is able to but maybe women day to day don't or they when they were younger they would not share or it seemed like some people that were in any way different would just shut up yeah well I certainly doing the manicure tool thing I didn't talk about that with anybody for years until you got up on stage <laughs> yeah and even then I mean it took years after starting stand-up because it's like, especially when you're that age, that area of your body is so like, it's not talked about and it's this whole big, it's kind of like a secret and it's supposed to be perfect and you shouldn't do anything to mess it up or do anything taboo. And so the fact that the first time I tried doing something with it, I broke it, <laughs> like I broke my vagina that 
that's so horrifying, especially in the word like it swelled show. Like, oh, <laughs> nobody wants to hear about that. It's just it was the worst. And I was very ashamed. But it was interesting once I started talking about it on stage or people saw that this is not happening clip. I would get women who'd come up to me after she and be like, oh, my God, thank you for talking about that. I, you know, I put a like a carrot in there when I was like. 18 and i feel so bad and my mom caught me you know Ugh. people i've heard the weird remote controls women just put whatever <laughs> up there because we just you know when you're young you want to figure it out so i'm happy that me opening up can make other women feel less embarrassed about whatever well tell me more know. about this feeling about it being secretive and all that that yeah m- I, men I, don't have that feeling about it. no but i think that's such a different thing um growing up like in locker rooms so in locker rooms you guys just learn right away that you're gonna get in the showers and walk around with your dicks out and you guys are gonna like smack each other in the ass and you know teabag each other and all the weird don't, don't get carried away what come you, what on your husband into? The, jesus christ all, like i've seen teabag. jackass like I mean, all the jackass yes. type of stuff yeah. i feel like you guys do that from a pretty young age whereas girls don't do any of that we're not like you know hovering over a girl's your... eye with our butthole at a slumber party you're, like you're not you're not sitting on my face and farting. yeah no, exactly so i think it's just more um yeah it's, it's more secretive and you just you don't really talk about it and and all that you just want it to be perfect so the fact that i messed mine up in such a horrendous way the first time i tried doing anything was very emotionally scarring and, and then when they start talking about functioning they seem to, if you're not sort of in an average zone, they kind of marginalize yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, I didn't realize. Which is weird. I wasn't talking about how often I could come with my friends for, I don't know, a long time. When I realized I could come a lot, I just thought that's what you did. You thought you were like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that was weird. Yeah. And when did you learn it was different? Mm, I don't know if I remember a specific time, but I think just starting to talk with my friends more openly about like if they had vibrators and stuff like that, and I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't use vibrators. I can just make myself come. And they're like, what? What do you mean? Like you don't have toys, and I just, I never had toys. So I think that's when I knew, oh, okay, maybe not everybody comes this easily. And do they shame or embarrass or anything? Or no, I mean they give me shit the way that friends give you shit. But again, like you said, where they have to look for the whole food allergy or allergies <laughs> excuses, like, well. She can't do all this other fun stuff that we can, so I guess that's how we'll it's just, deal with it. It's not a big percentage of women that, that maybe it's maybe five percent. I bet that is. You think five percent? That too little or too big? That seems too little, but I don't know. Maybe it's ten percent, maybe. Hmm. But it's 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 not that big a number, which is why the rest of them start to question it when they come upon a oh. somebody. I it's always wild to me the other way when I hear about somebody like Delaney not being able. Like having such a hard time. Oh, that time was the other coming. thing. I, I noticed one time I was I was at a lecture and this girl was like you and and uh, oh no, it, it was another girl was talking about difficulty coming and she she said you're lying, it's impossible, you just haven't figured it out. And I said, oh, you're multi orgasmic, right? Exactly. Yes, because it happened so easily for her. Have you talked to Remy <coughs> Casimir? No, yet? Who's that? So she's a comedian. She has a podcast called How Come <clears throat> because up until like a year ago, she had never been able to have an orgasm How before. My age, like 29, 30, something like that. Hmm. And it took using one of those toys that basically simulates oral sex where it's like, it's like almost like a sucking yep. motion or whatever. Yep. That was the first time she's able to come. So it's, which blows my mind. And I think she's like a very sexual person, but it just wasn't happening for her. And so we had her on the podcast and that was interesting to have both of us on these polar opposite ends where it's like, I, my body's so sensitive. Like it 
barely takes anything and hers she was using everything and it wouldn't happen and, and what was your perception of what she was doing wrong Oh, I, but I don't think she's doing anything wrong. That's the thing. I'm not one of those women that's like, well, you uh, you haven't fucking cracked the code, bitch. Like, I don't, that's your body. Why would I know if you're right. doing something wrong? I just think that we all are, you know, made right. up differently, different right. sensitivities. So I just, it was just shocking to me that these things that would make me come really easily did nothing for her. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. And, yeah. and, and you notice how also you're more towards penetration and she needs really just strictly direct stimulation on the clip. But yeah. I'm, I don't think I'm more towards, I think I'm, ooh, I'm no, mic. you said you, if, with intercourse, you could do it too, right? Yeah. But I don't need intercourse to do no, it. No, I understand. But that, but she will not do it with intercourse ever, uh, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. And, that's a, that's a good point. That's sort of how the spectrum goes. That's another thing I thought was interesting too, is that some friends have never had a G spot orgasm or never had most, most women don't. Yeah. So that's weird to you, right? Yeah. You see, you're like, and that's, and that's what, that's the part that's so funny is that you, it literally seems like, how could that be? Right. Yeah. I, I have no judgment toward it. It's just interesting because that is like my reality, I guess, is that I can do that, which again, right. is and, that, nice, and that's unusual. That's unusual. Mm. And, and there, and there are some people that can do that that are not multi-orgasmic and some people, but if you yeah. are multi-orgasmic, you can do that. Yeah. That's just sort of how that works. And it, I feel but, like this comment section of this video is just going to be so much just like dudes like <laughs> coming all over keyboards. God, I really hope my parents don't listen to this. <sighs> I'm sorry. You're shaming me. I'm feeling bad. Um, your marriage right now is open, correct? Mm -hmm. And yeah. how did you guys get to that? So we met really young. I met him when I was 22 and he was 24, 25. Um, and for the first year-ish, it was not open. And then we had started to talk more about getting married. And um, he was definitely like the most serious relationship I'd had at that time in my life. And um, so we were living together at that point. We we're talking about getting married. And I just realized like, wow, I met him so much younger than I was planning on meeting that person. And I had not really had um, very many sexual experiences. I'd been very like, you know, serial monogamist where I'd had a, maybe two or three serious relationships before that. But just not a lot of hooking up for me and I got pretty freaked out realizing that like that could be the last sexual experiences of my life and um fortunately like I have you know my husband and I have great sex obviously I'm coming on here talking about like how much I come all the time like that's not a problem but I do um I just it freaked me out a little bit to think about never having other so so I'm always curious at who initiates these kinds of so, so I, I brought it up mm. initially and um he wasn't comfortable with it at first. Yeah, because it's usually usually one person wants to do it, the other person kind of settles for mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't into it at first. Um, he was really understanding about it. it. Was like, I I get that you didn't plan on this being so serious and us meeting each other so young. Um, if you feel like you need to do that, I would understand. But I just like we would have to end. I don't think I could handle us being together and you doing that. Um, so I kind of let it go for a little bit and I'd bring it up again here and there. And then I think maybe. How would you bring that up? Let's play foosball. <laughs> oh my God. If I beat you, I get to fuck somebody. No. Um, so rigged. Um, oh my God. I love when they laugh in the booth. Uh, I don't know. It just would be like maybe if we were watching a movie and there would be like a hot actress or something like that. I'd be like, would you want to fuck her if you could fuck her? Just, just like talking hypothetically or something like that. Or if we could get drunk and you know how how girls find ways to bring things up like we do uh and then it got to a point maybe a couple years in where we decided that we were okay at the thought of having like 
makeouts with other people like if i'm on the road or he's on the road and you wanted to like have a like a drunken makeout on the dance floor of a bar whatever that you could do that and it'd be fine but the it's like neither of us wanted to know about it mm. so it wasn't one of those open things where it's like hey i'm about to go meet up with this person just so you know if i don't answer my phone that's why it was just like don't want to know mm. um and then in the last year it kind of got brought up again bye uh I think it was just us talking about like people we thought were hot. Mm. And he said, if that gr- it was like some hot girl I follow on Instagram and his big celebrity crush is Selma Hayek. And she kind of looked like Selma. And I was like, Ooh, I like, you should follow her. I think uh, you'd think she's hot. And he was like, so if she just somehow was at my comedy show, like and wanted to fuck me, would you be okay if I fucked her? And I was like, yeah, like that would be, that'd be so sad if you didn't. <laughs> If this girl who looks exactly like your celebrity, I mean, because what are the chances that he's going to meet Selma Hayek? Probably pretty slim. But if her doppelganger wanted to fuck him, I mean, I would be sad for him if he missed out on that, you know? So I was like, yeah, you should. And then that kind of turned into, okay, well, then what's the difference between any of these other situations if we wanted to be able to fuck somebody? So then that's when we decided to make it totally open. Hmm. That was about a year ago. Statistically, doesn't the, the, doesn't, stats, the stats aren't good. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. I'm but, aware. but also but monogamous stats are also not great either but they're way worse with the open you think yeah i, I know no. but but yeah. but the, your relationship was threatened by how you were feeling anyway right right and, and yeah. so i i kind of get what you were trying to do here yeah and i always i think you might have maybe if you can close it up when everyone's feeling more like adult you know what i mean like they're i don't know that it's something i want for the rest of my life yeah and I know, you know what i mean like 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 don't leave it open don't leave the door open. Yeah, just because it statistics aren't aren't going, they're not with, mm. they're not with you. you know? I see. I remember when we brought it up last time I was on here. You're talking about that when you have kids that that's uh, like a really hard. And yeah. I I agree. I think that would be hard to navigate with kids. I don't know that I want kids, and if I do, it would not be for a long time. But um, yeah, I still I still feel really young, and I have a job that makes me. I meet a lot of people. All the time I'm out traveling um a lot of the time, and I think you um it's just a different environment than maybe a couple who lives like in the middle of nebraska of course and yeah the the only other thing they see is like a sheep or whatever <laughs> like that's not okay. the same <laughs> what, <laughs> maybe what, go into that <laughs> why did you guys get married so young I mean, why do that so we um we actually only got married six months ago oh but we we had a weird thing we got engaged after like eight months of being together just like two impulsive dumb comedians we started planning a wedding for maybe six months and we were just fighting that whole time. Like the whole time we were arguing, it was very apparent that we were not ready to do that. So we just had fortunately like a very honest conversation with each other where we both felt the same way as far as like, I still love you. I still want to be with you, but like we're not ready for this step. So we called off the engagement. Nothing else changed. Like we still lived together. Still, we were still together, but we just told our friends and family, Hey, not plan on a wedding anymore. And then another, like six years went by and then we were like okay now i really know you and now we've been through a lot of shit and now we feel more comfortable taking that next step well and to be fair an open relationship before you're married is just called dating (laughs) yeah you know what i mean even though you're even though you're committed you know what i mean but i think also okay so did it change did you feel different after you actually went through the marital marital process I guess. I mean, to be calling each other husband and wife, it feels more serious and like it feels like a bigger commitment. But I think some people have an open relationship and they're very active in it. For us, it was just more like if you happen to be in a situation and you want to take advantage of it, 
you can do it and not feel like you're doing something wrong. I that door didn't open for me and become like me just sitting on a bunch of dudes' faces left and right. It's no, not like no, I know it's so weird. <laughs> it has not been like a dick buffet. It's just no. the fact that there's wow. that. I think I need that reverse psychology a little bit. I don't think I could be with a guy that was like, oh, you, I'll never let you do anything. I'll never let you be with anybody else because I. It's like I'm a child. As soon as you tell me like, don't you put that dick in your mouth? I'm like, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> like I just like. I can't be told like that. But if you tell me it's okay, then I know it's okay. And I'm not as tempted. Right. I get it. Are your parents still together? No. How, how long were they? Or how long were they married? They, they were married for almost 10 years. And so they broke up when you were younger. I was five. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And my dad met another woman. So here's the thing. My dad met another woman and left my mom for her. That's and, why they broke up. And they, yeah. And they've been together for 25 years now. Um, but I think people get weird about open relationships because they're like, well, you're inviting other opportunities into your life or other people, other temptation. But you see it happen with people in, in monogamous relationships all the time, too. Like, you can be in a monogamous relationship and meet somebody in line at the bank. Like, it, I don't know. It, it, what they're talking about is that, I think we talked about this last time, is that it's hard to predict the, the kinds of feelings that are going to be evoked when this kind of intimacy is... is sure yeah cultivated yeah you just don't know you just you you think it's gonna be i have no big deal you know and then all of a sudden like whoa it's you're playing with fire a little bit that's true how do you feel about monogamy from like a biological level do you feel like it's a choice we're making or do you feel like it's natural how do you feel about it it? it's you know throughout human history it's been around it's it's not like it's a cultural thing it's in every culture at all times Mm -hmm. and people seem to desire and strive for it and don't get it right a lot of the time. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that has really changed it is how long we're living. Yeah. That has made things a lot different. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I feel very, I, I, I feel very grateful that I have, you know, I've been married for almost 30 years. I've no. That's incredible. I, yeah, it's incredible. But, but what I have noticed is if, if I'm into it today, yeah, that's all that really counts. Yeah, because you pretty take it soon, a, day at a, a time. bunch of days really. You know, as long as things are good today, you, you yeah. don't, don't worry about how long or short or anything. It's yeah, it, it's, it's how alcoholics stay sober yeah. many many years. It's weird. It's funny, but it, but I was thinking that the other day is that it is it is just one day at a time. And if today you're into it, yeah, you're probably gonna be into it tomorrow too. And yeah, you know, that's so. a good way to look at it. Yeah. I saw. Have you heard of Explained on Netflix? Yes. Okay. So they did one on either marriage or monogamy, but a guy came on and said, um, you know, people can choose monogamy the way that they choose to be vegetarian, but that's not going to make bacon stop smelling good. <laughs> and I love right. that quote. Cause right. I think it's so true. It's like, yeah. I think choosing to be monogamist is a more simplistic way of living day to day, but that is hard. Like it but, doesn't make you not attracted to other people. Oh, of course not. Uh, of course that's the case, but, right. but, but, you know, the, there's these theories about love and relationships that, you know, commitment is a very important sort of under, you know, and, yeah. you know, and, and if you stay with that commitment, you know, I commit to not eating bacon yeah. and I get a lot, of, I get a lot of other benefits for not eating True. bacon. True. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's, um, that triangular love theory. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Of. Yeah. So it's uh, intimacy, passion, passion commitment. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's a very sort of simplistic version, but it, it's interesting that a lot of people leave the commitment. They just don't know how to do that part. And yeah. Or it like kind of waxes and wanes. I think, you know, you're talking about the life expectancy now being so long compared to what it used to be. Yeah. And, and by the way, I could imagine the panic if I got, if I got married at 22. Yeah. If or you, you met feel... that person moved in. 
That'd be, so that'd be, much. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Well, and it's... In fact, I had met my life when, my, when I was at 24 oh, wow. and uh, broke up because I was not ready. Yeah. I was not ready. That's how I yeah. felt too, but yeah. I was calling the engagement off initially. I was just like, this is just way bigger of a commitment than I'm ready for. But it's interesting to me that growing up, you're encouraged to date a lot. You're encouraged to meet lots of people to try and figure out kind of like what the criteria is you're looking yeah, what for. Yeah, what am I... What works? Yeah, but in that process, you're you are meeting a bunch of people and, and experiencing a bunch of different people. And then you're supposed to hit this like marker where for the last three quarters of your life, all of a sudden there's no more options. It's just like, you're supposed to do that forever. And that to me just seems like, I feel like we don't do that with anything else. Like I, I, it's, I, I, we talked about this last time. It, it's about family building. If you're yeah, going to build a family. Yeah. Cause you really are. And then there's going to, be, then they're going to have kids and you want to be stable for that. And yeah. There's, yeah. A whole, there's a whole thing you're building there too. Yeah. And, and a life too. People don't talk about this. You build, you're building a life together Yeah, and you don't want that to be challenged. You don't want that yeah. to fall apart in any way. Yeah. So. It's tough. I feel like it's easier said than done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I, and I'm not saying everybody has to build families and everybody has to build these elaborate yeah. lives. And, and maybe some people are, maybe we're going to start doing it in our forties or fifties yeah. soon enough. I Comics, I think, especially we're on such a different, it's a different track. It's a all different my life. best friends have already been married and having kids and all this, all this stuff that is pretty typical for around the age of 30. But for me, turning 30 is just like, oh, I'm just super excited to tour even more. And you, you just live a lifestyle that is not the typical one, I think. Well, well, I think I asked you this last time. What was the hook for comedy for you? Oh, man. I mean, I thought I'd wanted to be a high school math teacher and then got to like calculus three in college and was just hating it. I was like, there's no way this is what I'm actually supposed to keep doing. And, um, there was a, like a local monthly open mic at my college and I did it once. And I feel like if it goes even marginally well, the first time it's so addicting and you just want to keep doing it. You want to keep getting better. And now it's been, you know, over 10 years and it's like, it makes me so happy. Like I still love my job so much. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just what you'll, maybe that'll be the priority in your life. For yeah, I mean, I feel like for an undetermined period of time or whatever. Yeah, I think you have you have to make it at least number two. But I think most comedians we make it number one because it's so important to us. What what rooms do you like to play the the most? Oh, on the road, Comedy Works in Denver it has to be my favorite. I mean, it's just I feel like every comic feels that way. It's such a great club. The crowds are bananas. Um, the staff, the management, everybody there takes such good care of comics. They put you up in great condos. Um, I love that club. I love Helium in Portland. Um, I love Tacoma Comedy Club. Uh, and then obviously like in New York, The Cellar and The Stand. And You get to The Cellar once in a while? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, thanks. So, I mean, there's so many great clubs on the road, but those are probably my top three i would say let me know when you're selling because i'm in the city all the time oh, okay. like to go there. yeah i'll keep you posted well thank you for coming in and spending some time with me and revisiting this topic oh, it, boy. It, it, people reacted to it and i thought I did not mm. realize that well and, and i thought yeah I, I, just about everybody my own wife was like she's lying she's not telling the truth i thought i thought even you my oh god. My god yeah and i thought no she i she's not i know she's not and i thought right then i thought i gotta bring her back and Oh. get into this in more detail well because, thanks for i'm glad we it, could uh because get it, it literally settled. it literally is i hope we did it, it literally is a a group that is discriminated against you're, you're you're actively discriminated against it's so funny to me so weird to be discriminated against but we're still like haha we're still coming it's like <laughs> <laughs> suck it 
Like it's not that it's not that rough of a group to be in to be just like there's a lot of groups that have a way worse to be discriminated against fair so. enough fair enough yeah uh we'll leave it at that and again uh dr.tv for the uh streaming show on sunday and also dr.com for me and adam and the dr podcast and uh we'll be here of course as always check us out and we'll see you next time all conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.